This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good Monday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. American beef production is set to make its way into a high-stakes geopolitical dialogue. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says President Joe Biden plans to discuss recent cyber attacks like the hacking of meatpacker JBS in an upcoming meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin. We do expect this to be one of the issues that uh, the president will discuss with President Putin at the summit. Uh, that will be two weeks from today, if my, if my calendar is correct in my mind. Uh, and in terms of considerations, uh, you know, we're not taking any options off the table in terms of how we may respond. But of course, there's an internal policy review process to consider that. Uh, we're in direct uh, touch with the Russians as well uh, to convey uh, our concerns uh, about these reports. The company told the White House this week it believed the hack originated from Russia. Speaking to reporters today at the White House, Saki said the growing trend of cyber warfare needs to be addressed among world leaders. Obviously, ransomware attacks, we've seen them increase uh, over a period of time. It's an increasing threat to the private sector and to our critical infrastructure. And there are other countries, many of whom we will see when the president is in Europe, who have similar concerns. So we expect this to be an issue of discussion uh, throughout the president's trip, I will say. Neither the White House nor JBS have offered details on the kind of ransom the hackers have pursued, nor if it was paid. In a statement Tuesday, the company said it was making progress in restoring operations and expected most of its facilities to be back online today. According to USDA figures, Wednesday's estimated daily livestock slaughter was about 15,000 head of cattle less than the same day a week prior and about 44,000 fewer hogs. There's more on the JBS hack in our coverage on agripulse.com. The soybean checkoff is hoping a new high oleic variety will fill a consumer demand. AgriPulse's Ben Nully has more. Soybean producers hope a non-GMO soybean variety will drive demand for increased use of high oleic soybean oil. Consultant for the Missouri Soybean Merchandising Council, Steve Schnebly, says they are trying to boost momentum for the soybean trait soyleic. It takes a little while, of course, to make everything happen from a research perspective to make sure we have the right yield in agronomics. And so this year, uh, we currently have roughly about 40,000 acres being grown in, uh, across the Corn Belt as well as the East Coast this year. Some 14 states have planted this non-GMO variety this growing season. You know, the yield and agronomics are proving to be very acceptable to farmers as well as uh, downstream customers all the way to the fryers and, and, the, and the food manufacturers. So the, 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 the value chain is building and uh, the demand is growing significantly. High oleic soybean oil contains zero trans fat and is already being used for baking and frying this effort is being funded through the United Soybean Board and MSMC. Read more of this story at agripulse.com. I'm Ben Nully. Finally today, USDA has wrapped up its weekly tracking of corn planting progress. Department meteorologist Brad Rippey says this week's crop progress report hit a key threshold. Because we reached 95%, that's ahead of the five-year average of 87% and ahead of last year's 92%. All Midwestern states reporting corn planting progress greater than 90% on May 30th. Corn emergence doing quite well with a few warm days. We saw emergence jumping 17 percentage points during the week to reach 81% by May 30th. That's ahead of the five-year average of 70%. 
The nation's soybean crop isn't quite as far ahead. This week's report showed 84% of the country's soybean acreage is planted, well ahead of the 67% five-year average. Cotton at 65% planted and peanuts at 77% are both on par with long-term averages, but the 41% of sorghum planted thus far is a little behind the 45% five-year average. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's Drive Time is brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation. The estate tax forced a teenage Anne Margaret Hughes to choose between her college savings and saving the farm. Unless Congress eliminates the estate tax or at least makes a higher exemption permanent, many more farm families will be forced to do the same. Learn more at fb.org. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.